You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, uh, yesterday we were talking about the importance of commitments that you make, the commitments of learning, and how they don't go away. You can't just say, well, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm going off the diet. Uh, when you, when, you, when you, this is not a diet where you stop eating. This is a diet where you take into your system um, Tyra and you learn it and involved in it. Um, and that was one of the important principles that we saw yesterday. And, and the, the language of the Gemara, I think, indicates that you take it as, as serious as you're supposed to take business or more. And um, as we saw yesterday, you have to pay back immediately. You, you don't get according. And we saw the reason is, is because, uh, you know, they, they consider it a, uh, they consider it a, uh, a nether and a nether. You don't have, oh, a day. And once you go into the next day, as we said, you've already, you're already, in, you're already eating into, in, into the next system, which is supposed to be every single day. So that's, I think, a very, very important principle that we talked about yesterday. I don't want to just review that. But now we have here, Omer Rebelozer, Habayman Aderach, Al Yispalo Shlosha Yomim. And once again, we see this Al Yispalo. And, you know, I talked about this in the past, that the language is almost saying, don't think it works. In other words, you're going to try, but it's not worth doing it. Um, that's what the, you know, that, that, that I think is, is the language. Um, similarly to when we saw over here, the sort of semi-pasik, al yore, the al indicating that, you know, there's going to be some little voice telling you, you can do it, but don't. Now, where do we learn this from? So it's very interesting, Limud, especially since many people were traveling. There were business people that were involved in trips consistently. That was the way, you know, you can see from your study of the Talmud that one of the prime ways of making money other than actually working in your field, was traveling and selling your selling your slayer at different places. Um, you know, we you know we always have this idea of Medina Sayam um, comes up all the time, and that's because people were a good percentage of people were on the road, but not I wouldn't call it a road. They were probably more on the water, and you know, traveling to to places off the Mediterranean. I think because of that, um, people weren't around and people were coming and a sea voyage, especially, as you know, from the Gemara and Brochus and other places, when it talks about the dangers of a sea voyage, um, that happened, you know, clearly a person was not always uh, in the right frame of mind. And we're actually going to prove it from Ezra HaSofer. Let's take a look. So as you can see here, uh, number five takes us to a Pasuk. Uh, let's take a look at that. So this was Ezra talking. He got all the people that had gone up with him, and they were at a uh, at a riverbank. And we were camping for three days. Then it says, And then I started checking out the people. I started making a, a look. And I couldn't find the Levium there, right? We know the Levium 
did not go up on mass, and then eventually they were sanctioned, and and many takonas were put in. So what's interesting is that Ezra is telling us that that it took till the third day for the the recount or the count of what was going on. Why did it take up until the third day? You know, why wasn't you know why weren't they right? Um, so Rashi says that the limud is actually from another word. This one, a regular count. Yeah, you might have been able to make a regular count, but not something that has this in it. Bina. That's what Rashi says. If we take a look at Rashi, beautiful, two beautiful Rashi's here. Al yispalu gimuyomim she'ain daitoi miyushevas alov pnei Torah haderach. There's something about so let's 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 review here, Sheila. What we've done, we've talked about drinking, we've talked about being off your game, we've talked about new things being inserted that you that are off your uh, that aren't part of your schedule that you had to do. Um, we talked about getting angry, and now we're just talking about um, what happens when you're coming back from a trip. Uh, there's just something going on. And the reason is, um, although for many people, it's because the buildup of, right? I don't know, probably when you go on vacation, if you remember when you come back, it's like the buildup of everything that you haven't done. But Rashi says it's primarily because of what you went through. You needed to really, like I said, you know, if you were on a boat or... You need a vacation from your vacation. Well, in those days, it was such an ordeal right. travel. Yes, Like yes. it wasn't a vacation, a much more ordeal our traveling is. It was like, no one did it if they didn't have to. Right, know? and they and, and unfortunately many did had to. And, yeah, yeah. and so because of online shopping now, you know, you can sell online. That's you know? right. We could just sit here and click something, and over there, the deals were made. You had to go out there. You had to get on the boat, um, or let's say even from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael, you have the the sense that it was not the most pleasant terrain to cross. You know, you have this idea, you know, it's not Lawrence of Arabia necessarily with this image of this great desert and, you know, this one little person in the desert. I, I don't think it was like that, but it wasn't necessarily an easy trip. And all trips had their difficulty. Look, you know, uh, uh, even sitting in a Model T was probably easier than sitting on the back of a camel or something like that or on a on a donkey. We talked about Rav Gamliel himself on a donkey. It wasn't exactly the lap of luxury. Uh, but that's what it was. And the derech itself takes, takes a lot out of you. Um, so, then the next Rashi says, So it sounds like three complete days, almost, of not, of just resting. Then then Rashi says, Hodar meaning, and then afterwards, You'd put quotation marks here. And that's what you needed. So you needed Bina to be able to figure stuff out, to understand things, to really know what's happening. And therefore, an amazing, amazing psak, which is, don't daven. Because, again, davening needs the same sort of subtle skills of Bina when you're when you're standing in front of God, and it's interesting. Once again, you know, yesterday we took a little bit of an aside, looking up the halacha. Once again, this is actually brought in Shulchan Aruch. This halacha 
about Bina. Um, now, uh, I, I, I misspoke. It's in the Rambam, as you can see. Perek Dalad Mehilchas Tfiwa, Halacha Tezvav. Interesting that it doesn't make it into the Shulchan Aruch, and maybe there might be a reason for that. That's a little bit of a, you know, the eyebrows go up. You know, you know, it's in the Rambam. Nobody else brings it, and you could see why, because what, in other words, you're going you're to give everybody a, a pass for davening. Um, still, we can look up that Rambam a little bit later, but we can see the fact that nobody else brings it that it might be something that might have been true at one time or it might have been in Eitzatova, but it's not necessarily something that's accepted in Halacha. Um, the Gemara then uh, strengthens uh, what Rebbe Lazar said by saying, ki osi lo yome. So what what does that help? I mean, that, what that does it adds, as you know, another aspect, which is we call the aspect of Rav. It's not just Rabbi Lozer saying it. We witnessed Avuah de Shmuel, and we know he did that himself. He did not daven for three days. And again, sometimes you know we'll talk about this in, in, in various contexts. Sometimes a story, the Gemara will sometimes say, you know, that's only that person's. Uh, Hanhaga. That's that person's uh, way of doing things, and he was more machmer on himself. We've had it famously in the Mishnah with Ramliel saying that he was an istinist, that what he did is not necessarily indicative of others. But some, many times when the Gemara brings a, 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 a uh, incident or uh, observation that happened, it strengthens this, the case that Avu you know, did not daven for three days. Uh, that's one thing that I think might be uh, the reason why that line is here. It strengthens, and that could be why the Rambam felt that this isn't just an Eitzatova. That's what could be the reason why the Rambam brought it down in Halacha. However, the the literary part of me says that it was a a, a way to bring in Shmuel. Um. And, and I, I, you know, you've got to do a search on this. I don't know, Sheila, if you if you're familiar with it enough. I'm not sure if I am. Whenever Avu the Shmuel was quoted, how much afterwards is Shmuel mentioned, right? Um, in other words, how many times does Avu the Shmuel show up when he's not tethered to his son? It could be that was sort of like the standard take. You know, there was, this was, you know, there is, we want to bring in Shmuel, but you know, his father has something to say about that too. Well, covered Shmuel to be Machabed, his father, we would bring Avua the Shmuel there as well. It's not, he's, he, he, he definitely is significant, but mostly significant because of his father, of his, of his child. Um, we don't even know his name. We know his name is Abba actually, but, uh, you know, when you go down in history as Avua the Shmuel, you realize that, uh, you know, who has surpassed you. Uh, he was the one of the, either the Rosh Hashiva or, you know, the, the, the head rabbi of the whole uh, town of Nahardo, the whole city of Nahardo. So he's not a nobody. But my, you know, I have a feeling that many times it's, it's, it's a gateway to bring in Shmuel. And since there are, there, there's a related psak between the two, let's bring the father and the son. 
And but the son is really the chiddush for us. Let's see what what the son said, or what the what was the attitude of the son. Shmuvo matzle bebeisa the ispe shikra. Um, he wouldn't daven in a house that has shikra. Okay. Now, what could be the reason why? Now, obviously, many houses had had wine in it. We said it was almost every house. Shikra here doesn't seem to be just wine. I think if Shmuel doesn't daven in a house of wine, then he's not davening anywhere in any almost any home. Shikra must be something more than just wine, and it's not beer either. It must be we call it as you know yain v'sheikral teisht by the nazir. That's really not beer, but it's actually very strong wine. I think that's what Rashi says on the Pusik by Nazir, if I'm not mistaken. So if that's what Shikra is, if I'm correct, strong wine. And not everybody had strong wine, and that if that's the case, now we understand the Rashi. Let's see the Rashi, Dispe Shikra, Reach Hashekar, Mishakrosoy. Um so I, you know, I, I don't know if beer. I don't think the way we understand beer from hops. I know you're not a beer drinker, but maybe like mead, mead or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really strong wine that he's talking about. Now you're right, mm-hmm. honey mead and everything definitely has a smell. But I think Shmuel is what we're talking about here is the smell of the beer. The smell is so strong. Now Rashi says it's mishakir him. But it actually, it actually, it actually, it actually puts him in a state of mind where he's not thinking clearly. He's not perceiving. Oh my gosh, things. you could sell that for a lot. That's right. You don't even have to drink it. Just, just, just uncork it, uncork it, man, and you know, and then just go into a funk. Um, yeah. So that is that is what the, uh, the again Rashi I think is implying that of course because everybody had wine and it wasn't like. He he wasn't drinking the beer, even when I'm drinking the the, the very strong wine. So Rashi mm-hmm. assumes that it must have been because of the smell, because the house. In other words, if the house has it, then the house is going to permeate uh, with that smell. They say about a famous story about uh, the Mir Mashkiach Rav Yerucham that he, um, you know, he was of course went to uh, he, he ended up going back there to throw. Rabbi Rucham Lovovitz, and um, and I think he was he ended up I think being in Ponovich, but he started off he was in the mirror in Shanghai, and because of various uh, immigration issues, ended up being in New York for a while. I think it was a year or so or less, and uh, uh, you know he was there in Flatbush, and he was a block and a half away from the yeshiva. They had a, an apartment or a house for him. And he would he would talk about his tsar of being in America, and they said, you know, Rebbe, we know America has so many ugly and non-kosher things, non-sneeze things. And I understand, but you know, you just walk a block and you're in the bismedrish. So he said, look, he said sometimes workers that work in a in a uh, in a brewery also. Even if they don't take any sip, they smell and their mind is affected like they're drunk. Oh, wow. What so, a muscle. So the, the muscle is, is that, yeah, you have your little thing, but you're in America. And and it bleeds through. It bleeds through, uh, 
you know, the, the environment. And, and, you know, sensitive people understand that. I mean, look, especially today, and I don't want to get political, but it's clear that we, we you know, as much as we, we would try to stay above the fray, it's hard. And even though he just walked with blinders on to the yeshiva, it permeated. And I think what we're seeing by Shmuel is something similar. A house with shik, with, with sheikhar is a house that somehow is different. Um, is it just the smell? That's what Rashi says. Um, you know, and it could be, you know, um, you know, that was the ultra sensitivity, but it sounds like it was actually a physical, um, it affected him in a physical way, Rashi says. Uh, on that line, let's take a look at Rav Papa, who comes, of course, after Shmuel, student of Rava and Abaya in, in some way. Rav Papa, lo matzli bebeisa de isbe harsana. Okay, so harsana, hmm, harsana. Now, harsana is something that we know about. Um, harsana is a is a food item that we're pretty familiar with. Um, you know, I would like you know this would be the place where you know you, you'd want your mosefrashi to help you. Oh, a little check of Jastro tells us that harsana is has a, uh, a connection to the Arabic. Interesting. Um, and take a look, Sheila. It's connected even to haroset. How about that? Oh, very cool. Yeah, harsana, you know, and haras. Uh, I never thought, you know, I've seen harsana hundreds and hundreds of times, I mean, in, in, in the Gemara, and I never thought about it being connected to the word haroses, but you can see the hay and the ches. Yeah. Fish hash. Ah, fish hash and flour or pie. So kasa would be the, they, I think they're talking the kasa is the word for like a, a pie, which I guess it's put together like a, an amount, like a kos, right? A kos, yeah. right? And harsana is the fish hash, right? And that's what I was thinking of. It has flour, not bread, but actually flour, fish hash. So as I said, you take the innards of the fish and... It's the like a pot pie. But the, it, but the main the thing is it's got, it's got that oily inside of the fish, which and they must do something right. with it. And they probably yeah. do, do a little, you know, apply some sort of uh, heat to it. And then right. with the flour, then, you know, it's like a, it's a sort of like a, 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 a snack of nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so now, that's now that we know what harsana is. Okay. And probably it was not such an, uh, it was an item that probably was not like caviar, but it was probably an item that was around for people. Rav Papa didn't dive in that house that had harsna in it. Wow. So why would, he, is it the smell? He's just really sensitive to all these smells. So it was just the smell of the fish. Is that what it is? That's what Rashi yeah, says. Rashi yeah. says Mishum Recha because of the smell. So, all right. Well, how do we, how do we discover you know, especially we see that the, you know, Shmuel's kpeda seems to be very, very strong. Now, it could be, you know, we talk about a Maiserav. Here we might go back the other way and say, maybe those, like you said, just like Rav Gamliel was an Istanis, we can't bring a Raya from Shmuel or from Rav Papa because the, that was just their sensitivity. If you don't have a sensitive nose or, or have that, the main thing that we're trying to take out from there is, is that you, you don't daven unless your mind is right. And all of these things uh, distract. Uh, now, if it doesn't distract you, if you, if you, you become used to it, like, uh, you know, the, then it won't make a difference. So I, I want to look at two places just to satisfy my own curiosity about it before we move on. 
because the next the next Gemara is 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 is, is very much an Agadita piece of Gemara. So we have the you know here we are fundamentals, right? So what do you do when you want to you know, understand things a little bit better uh, in an easy way? So we've got hey and vov. So that's the first place you go after the Rashi if there's any tosos. But that's the first place I would go is the poskin. So once again, you see that um, there's two Rambams, and they're both from uh, Paragdawad of Hilchas Tefillah. One before that, it's 9 and 15 in Paragdawad. So since the, uh, the Ein Mishpah takes us quickly to the Rambam, we open up a Rambam. Um, so, um, the Rambam seems to, uh, include this with another halacha that you might be familiar with, which is, and we talked about it, I think, um, that if a person davens and he finds that there's fecal material around, um, he has to re-daven because you need to clear the area. I think we, did we talk about it recently about that? I know we did, right, Sheila? We talked about, about not checking the place. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, it, yeah. it might have been this Gemara about a week the, or two ago. The question, the question is, is like if a person doesn't realize it. That's what happened here. That's what yeah. happened. You didn't realize it, but we said, hey, you should have, you should have checked the place. Right. Then a um, question I had, I actually, when I visited my parents' Kavurim, I wasn't sure if what was on the ground. <laughs> and it looked like there was a lot of it. So it was either like an animal. You know, and it was right. in the middle of winter. Nothing smelled or anything. So I didn't know if I could say kale molly by their graves or not. Good and question. It was everywhere. It was like everywhere. And I, it, wow. it could have, I didn't know if it came from a tree. You know, it was like these little pellet looking things. Or it was like, it was kind of hard to tell what it was. So I think there, the, 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 the halacha does talk about if it's if it's what sort of soa we're talking about, the halacha definitely does. Uh, I'm not ready to answer that yeah. right now. I know right. human and other certain animals are considered worse than others. Right. I think if you have, you know, like you say, you know, little pellets of rat pellets or something like that, if that's what it was. I know it sounds gruesome, but you know, um, that's a lot different. I think yeah. than you know, you know a huge Labrador retrievers, uh, right? You know, or cow pies, as they say. I think right. that's a lot yeah. different even if they're dried up. Uh, but again, I think part of it is if you take a look, um, you know, what, what you can do, but that mm-hmm. is, is, that's an area that, uh, you know, I've taught brachas many times and every time I teach it, you know, my, my, oh, people don't want to hear about it, but it was yeah, part of life. Bro- it was important. part of life and, 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 yeah. and definitely is relevant. But what's interesting here is that the Rambam in this, um, he connects this halacha to the halacha of of tzoa, because the Ram says mm-hmm. okay, So this is very different than Rashi. Yeah. Rashi says it's because Shechor is so pungent, wrong, yeah, wrong that the person oh, and maybe with Shmuel's sensitivity to to his, yeah, feel drunk, and the Rambam says because no Shechor, um, and and the Rambam says something else here, uh, which is also a type of food that I believe also is uh, made. And again, we have to take a look and see what that is. Pe'esi pusho, when it's going bad. 
you know. Oh, yeah. We get people sometimes you open their fridge and it's like, Whoa, uh, yeah, yeah. Ra. So this is all about about a, a smell that is considered inherently negative. Now it's not because it's fecal material, you know. Just, yeah. The Rambam sounds like it's because the smell of fecal material is considered, uh, you know, uh, verboten for for tefila. But even yeah, but if is it the smell or the the actual substance that's the problem? Because what if someone doesn't have a sense of smell, you know, COVID or God forbid <laughs> or right. anything else, right? Um, and they don't smell it at all, and they don't how you know. Right. Well, again, still you, you, Right. Well, you take a look at the Raman right before that. He says this has yeah. to do with the place. Words, right. The Rambam says, um, you know, if, if, if it's a place that, which is called Mokum Tinofos, all these things are all part of, and, and, and they're sort of like a, a, all jumbled together. You know, uh-huh. there's, there's Tsoa and Meiraglayim, which which are sort of like a combination of smell and your knowledge of where they come from, right? It's almost like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, is, isn't that something that you exuded from your body as something that we yeah, talked about? How about if someone's like cooking something that you think is awful smelling and That's other it. people like it? it? Can you, are you like putter from davening in that place? Or? It sounds like it according to, well, you know, Reicho, you're right. Again, Reach Ra is clearly something that, um, you know, it, it might be dependent on the person, like number one, whether his olfactory glands are working. And the other thing is, um, yeah, I like that smell. I like Limburger cheese smell. You know, you go to, um, right? Right, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you yeah, yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah. That's a good smell for me. Um, mace, uh, is a different din as Leah than there's Rias Erva, which is again, uh, although the Torah says and it's right near the same psukim about you know covering up your 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 your, your mm-hmm. fecal waste, you know there is a, a they seem to be operating on a little bit of a different uh, you know barometer about what exactly is wrong. Like what am I measuring here? Am I you know? But the Rambam says they're all about not the place to daven. Let's take a look at the other halacha in the Rambam and see if he gives us any more clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Kavana. So the Rambam actually says that this is the Rambam says that. Kav, so again, let's 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 re- review the idea of Casa um, uh, de Harsana mm-hmm. uh, and 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 wine. The Rambam says it has nothing to do with Kavana. It's because uh-huh. Reach Ra, even though you can master the Kavana, is not a place for davening. Davening deserves, right? In other words, a mace? What? Erva? What? Smell? What? You can't daven in such a place. So the Rambam clearly puts it in a different category, right? Because Kavana is the other halacha. That's right. Um, Whatever the reason is, because you were angry, and this is the Gemara we saw before, um, now whatever it is, you 
aren't thinking right, something's bothering you. It's not bothering your wife, not bothering your children, but you are upset about it. You usher low. Al Yispalel, the Ramam says it's usher for you to daven until you have your das ready because you've got to imagine that there's God mm-hmm. there. And this mm-hmm. is, the Rambam says, it doesn't say the first brocha. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means it's nothing. So wow. unless you've got your mm-hmm. lave working, and this is yeah. where Chaim Brisker, of course, says it means throughout the davening, not just the beginning of davening. Davening essentially needs you to have that mindset Mm-hmm. You are speaking to the Creator, and you, if, if your das is someplace else, it's also to David. In the time of Chazal, like Avu Vuhu Ayif, and he's tired. Oh, Meitzar. Now that could be because um, he's not physically tired. It could be, oh boy, that was a bad trip. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the trip was. Wait for three days till it somehow time heals mm-hmm. and now you're sort of cooler, right? You're not you're not reliving all that stuff anymore. So this is this is our Gemara. Yeah, and you see clearly that the two things, the Rambam's machlekas with Rashi, that that the uh, the cases of Shmuel and Rav Papa are about Mokom, <coughs> and his father is about Kavana. So that's it's just an interesting um, observation. What do we do with that? Um, I, what I would say is is that one of those halachas, this halacha, we might be able to alter for today's times. Because we don't have kavana. Yeah, should. I mean, otherwise, but, I never get to daven. I think <laughs> you know, there's always fir- going to be something. But the first one, we should stand firm with, right? If, there, yeah, if there's a bad smell, I can't daven it, right? And this, of course, you know, we talked about that last week a little mm-hmm. bit in the in the in the Chubas and Post Commissioner about yeah. Asher Yotzer in a, in a right. hospital room and things like that. But that's that's that is something which I think um, has been clarified here by the Rambam. Okay, so you know, once I look at the Rambam, you know, I sort of say, well, let me see who aligns with him um, in, in this way. In the Meiri, uh, we've talked about him and how important he is, especially in this Masechta, for me, and I think anyone who learns it properly. Um, the um, you know, the basic idea of not davening when things are going on. Um, the Meiri says, of course, um, that. When your das is not miyushevus alov, um, you shouldn't daven. But the Miri mentions, but you should do something on that day, which is a short davening, the tefillah ktsara. Um, okay, you can't do the whole matzli, you can't do the whole shmon esrei. So that's one thing the Miri is telling us, which we we didn't really think about before, which is okay. Is it, it's not a zero sum game. There's mm-hmm. something you can do, just like when you're in a, a dangerous situation. But you can do tefillah katsara, havinenu. Um, what about habobin aderach? Um, and once again, exactly what we said, cheskas derach sakona, because of how, um, uh, because of what traveling meant. It's like you were, your adrenaline was 
was was up there, right? Because you know you never knew yeah. when the, you never knew when the um, what is it when they blow that wild thing? animal? Yeah. What is it when they with the blow? What is it that thing? Oh. Where, what, you know what I'm talking about? Where they blows and it goes into your you know the dart, the poison. Oh yeah, no, blow yeah. darts. Right? You don't know the right? Right? But what's going on? The rats and everything. So therefore, the point is, oh, it was Sakana. Um, yeah. and that's what he says in that case too. Uh, the Gemara didn't mean they didn't do any davening, the Miri says. They did a tefillah k'tzara. But it can't be a bitl tefillah gamri. She'ein lonu lomar she'yamdu gimel yom below tefillah kol ikr. It can't be that, uh, right? and again, this is the Miri's sensibilities. No davening at all? No, no. The, again, the Rambam does not say that, but the Miri assumes that must be true. Um, uh, he happens to mention that um, uh, he indicates Rashi here in a second, where he says, um, you know, he, he says that habo uh, baderach, habo baderach baderach rachoka. So, so his girsa seems to be habo baderach, not habo min haderach. Um, and and therefore, if you have the girsa habo biderech, it could be only when the guy is traveling. Uh, and, and the Rambam didn't indicate that, but the Miri seems to have had that girsa, and that's also interesting. Um, if we take a look at um, the next little point that we were worried about, uh, uh, which was. Once again, you see the Meiri's girsa is habo baderach, which she needs to explain. It means after you come. Um, let's take a look at this last part about Shmuel. The Meiri follows the Rambam, mm-hmm. and that it's reyachazok. Um, but then he says, "Vahoyachoshe shem emitolcham yavoidei machshavos betelos." So he sort of like starts with the, you know, the, he, he, well, like Rashi talks about the strong smell, but he, he's clearly in Rashi's camp at the end. And I said Raman before, but I, looking at it at the end, I see, mm-hmm. which, which is not that it gets you drunk, but it mm-hmm. definitely affects you affects your brain like, like it's not normal and it's in my head and I start imagining and that's the way I understood it and part of it I guess is my my knowledge about Rav Papa being somewhat of a a man of girth <laughs> so you know I, 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 again Rav Papa the the most important one of the most important figures in Shas but I have the sense that it was the it was the he had a a, a soft spot for this food so, oh, the sm- so it distracted him. So the smell of the food just 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 generated those hunger um, hunger pains, yeah. and and that was what he wasn't able to concentrate for. That you know the Rambam says seems to indicate that the smell is like <clears throat> is, 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 is so pungent <clears throat> that it's not a place to daven. Especially mm-hmm. once I I see the Meiri, um, it gets me the ideas that know yourself. Right. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I remember there was a uh, you know a yeshiva that in Yerushalayim that was right next to a bakery, and uh, it was like incredible for the guys. You know, in the morning, 
they would be sitting in the base medrash and the smell of that fresh bread that would waft into. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But hopefully that could actually, you could maybe incorporate it and say, see how geschmack that is? Learning mm-hmm. should also have that same geschmack. We'll see you in about 15 yeah. minutes if you want to come okay. through the next year. Take yeah, care. Be well. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.